Turn in our Bibles this morning to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. We're going to read from uh, the Old Testament prophet, who's sometimes called the great evangel, the great gospel prophet, because he spoke so much about the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 42, and we'll begin at verse 1. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out. Or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. And a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged. Till he establishes justice on earth. In his law the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being. I announce them to you. Praise God. Well, if you're thinking about a a career change at this stage in your life and you've got the guts to leave the ruts, why not become a butler? And uh, you could easily go to the International Butler Academy and train uh, to be a butler, uh, a servant in a household and work with whoever could afford you. Starting pay would be at least 20,000 a year. And if you take a course in bodyguard work as well, uh, which teaches you how to drive and evade uh, other people following you, then your pay could start at as much as 80,000 a year. But don't be fooled into thinking that it's easy because it's not all about just polishing the silver or ironing the newspapers so the ink doesn't come off and watering the flowers. There's a lot that's involved in this work of being a butler. Uh, Prem Rao was a butler to a family who were on board a cruise ship on one occasion and the wealthy uh, gentleman said to him, my little daughter won't go to sleep tonight unless there's a Christmas tree in her cabin. It was Christmas time. And he thought to himself, I'm in the middle of the Mediterranean Ocean on a boat, where am I going to get a Christmas tree? 
And then he had an idea. He thought there might be a Christmas tree somewhere down in the reception, somewhere down in the captain's office. And so he broke in, stole the tree and put it in the room. He said the captain wasn't very happy, but his client was happy. That made him happy. And uh, he was able to meet the challenge. That's not a recommendation for stealing anything, but <laughs> that's what he had to do. Or take Paul Swan. Paul Swan was uh, a butler to uh, a, a Saudi prince and his family. And he said this man owned over 20 different houses. He said it wasn't like being a butler, it was like being in charge of a chain of hotels. Every room in every one of those houses had to be ready for them to come into with absolute perfection. And it required his absolute best. And uh, everything was required of him to get it ready, as well as handling all the payroll for all the staff over 20 houses. Not an easy job at all. And if you go to the course, or other courses like it, they will tell you how to tell if a salmon is fresh or farmed in a, in a pen. Do you know what the difference is, how you can tell? You look at the tail. The ones in the pens all nibble each other's tail. Fresh salmon don't have nibbled tails, and that's how you work out which is fresh. Uh, you work out how to get rid of a drunk guest at a party without causing any embarrassment. You uh, say to him there's a telephone call and you call him outside. He comes outside and uh, you explain to him, actually, there's no telephone call. He's got to go. Uh, but you say, if you, give me, if you give me your keys, I'll go and get your car for you and bring it round to you. As soon as he gives you the keys, you call a taxi and then uh, you say to him, I'll bring your car round to you tomorrow morning. And all sorts of things like this. Uh, how to tell the master uh, of the house bad news when he's in company. What you do is you turn up with a bottle and you lean over to the gentleman and you look like you're talking about a bottle of wine. Is this suitable for the evening meal? And you whisper in his ears what's going on at the same time. A lot of skills that they get trained in. And that's why there's so much film attention to butlers, isn't it? Whether it's Jeffrey, Jeeves or Jarvis, we respect the role of the butler. But if you choose to go down that line, don't ever get the idea of thinking that you will be the best servant there's ever been. Because the greatest and the best servant there's ever been has already been and will come again. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And here in Isaiah chapter 42, the prophet Isaiah, speaking God's words to the people of Israel, says this, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. And he presents to us here the Lord Jesus Christ in prophecy. And you may think it's strange to think of the Lord Jesus, God's son, as called the servant, but that is actually one of his titles that he has in scripture. In Acts chapter 3 verse 13, the apostle Peter, when he was preaching to the, uh, the people of Israel in Solomon's colonnade in the temple, he said this, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. So he called the Lord Jesus the servant of the Lord. And you may be saying to yourself, well, that's what Peter said, but how do we know this is really Jesus in this prophecy? Because the Jewish people actually see the phrase the servant of the Lord and they say, well, that's speaking about Israel. Well, there's some key things here. You'll notice in this uh, section, he doesn't speak about you, plural, 
he speaks about he. He is a person. And this is why we know there's a shift in the language of the servant terminology in the book of Isaiah to a particular person. And inspiration tells us that this is about the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 12, uh, Matthew writing about Jesus healing people and the great miracles he did, did, he said this in Matthew 12 verse 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one in I love, in whom I delight, and so on. And then he quotes this very passage of the Bible. So we know for a fact that this is a prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ, God's servant. And then if this, as if God really wanted to make it clear to everybody this is who it was, so that nobody could make a mistake, what we have here in the opening verse is a description of what happened at the Lord Jesus at his baptism. He said here, I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. And do you remember what happened at Jesus' baptism? Uh, At Jesus' baptism, Jesus went down into the water and the voice came from heaven. This is my son whom I love. This is saying, you know, this is the one who I delight. And God's spirit came down like a dove upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in every way, we're made clear to understand that this is the Lord Jesus, the servant of the Lord in prophecy. And what an amazing thing that is. You know, nearly 800 years before the Lord Jesus entered this world uh, through uh, Mary's womb in Bethlehem, here Isaiah the prophet was speaking about him before he came. It's an amazing thing. It's one of the tests by which we know the Bible is the true word of God and the Lord is the true God. If you look in verse 9 at the end of this chapter, he says this, See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being. I announce them to you. We'll come back to that verse. But in the book of Isaiah, there's been a great controversy between the Lord and the idols of the false religions that many of the people were seeking to follow. And God's been saying to them, get them to tell you the future. They can't do it, but I can, and I've told you, and this is how you know I'm the real God. This is how you know the Bible is the real book, and you know the Lord Jesus is the one you should put your trust in. So God calls us here to see the Lord Jesus Christ, to recognize him, to rest on him, and to rejoice in him. And that's what I want to encourage you to do this morning, as we see this passage of scripture about the Lord Jesus, the servant of the Lord. There's three things especially that the servant of the Lord is going to do as we see spelt out in Isaiah 42. First of all we see he is the bringer of justice. Did you notice that in verses 1 to 4 as I read it? Three times over God tells us he's going to bring justice to the world. Verse 1 towards the end of the last sentence it says and he will bring justice to the nations. Uh, If you come down to the middle of verse 3, it says, In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. And this is telling us that one of the things the Lord Jesus of the Messiah is going to do is going to bring God's justice into the world. You know, in Latin, there's a proverb that says justice is the foundation of the kingdoms. 
And justice is such an important part in any righteous rule of a king. And therefore this servant is a royal servant. He's royalty as well as being the servant of the Lord. And he is going to bring justice to the world when he comes. Now this is something that's going to happen in the future at his second coming. And this is one of the things Isaiah does. He puts the first coming of the Lord Jesus in some passages and the second coming of the Lord Jesus in other passages when he's going to come back and establish his kingdom on the earth. And here we see some of those future events when the Lord Jesus will bring justice and righteousness to the world. He will bring it to the nations, not just to the land of Israel. Uh, in verse 1, Nations, there is the word Gentiles. And uh, through his laws in the world, according to verse 4, uh, there will, will be hope in the islands, even like islands like here, coastlands, uh, islands like England, uh, 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 Britain, I should say, and uh, uh, all around the world, his rule will bring justice to all those who need it. You know, justice is not an easy thing to bring. I don't know if you ever... Pray when you're praying at home. For the leaders of our country, do you ever remember to pray for the judges? Would you like to have the responsibility of judging someone's life? You know, they could go to prison 